Thank you. Happy Mother's Day, moms. Okay, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> I love being here. I love just bringing the Word of God to all of you. And it's just such an honor and a privilege to do this on Mother's Day. Um, I don't know if you got, moms, if you got a present when you came in. It's in a little bag. And it's a prophetic word that God is speaking over you. I love this. We did this last year, and it was a form of a necklace, but this year is a form of a ring. And so whatever your word is, that's the word that God is saying over your life. And I can't wait to hear what your word is, but mine is peace. So God knows me very well. He knows I need peace. Yes. So I cannot wait to hear it. And... I would like for every mom in the room, I know it's kind of awkward, but please stand. I want to just say a prayer. Just just prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts to receive. <laughs> prepare our hearts to receive. Moms only. Um, okay. So, Lord, I just thank you so much, Father, for just motherhood, for being such a good father for creating us to be the ones that bear life in our womb. I pray, Father, for those that have not yet have this privilege. I know you'll open those wombs, and I know you'll create life because you are Jehovah Jireh, your provision, and you're Jehovah Rapha, you're the God that heals. So, Father, I pray for those also um, moms and daughters in the room that are feeling sad because mom is Mom is gone, and it's, it may be that you have a mom in the presence of the Lord right now. I just pray for comfort. And Holy Spirit, may your voice be the loudest. Use me, and just let us have fun today. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Okay, you might be seated. And you can join me and open your Bibles to the book of Luke, uh, chapter 10. Verse 38 and 42 is the story about Martha and Mary. And I've been camping around this for about a year now. I love this story. And the Lord has revealed a few things about this um, story that I would like to give to you today. So go, go with me uh, to verse 38. It says, while they were traveling, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And I want to pause here because I love this conversation. This is like a, like a not a passive-aggressive conversation. This is like an aggressive-aggressive conversation right here. Like Mary is right there, and Martha is telling on her to, G, to Jesus. And like I want to know all the juicy details that Luke left out. I know he's a doctor. He's a physician, so probably very serious. And... You know, but I want to know all the drama. I'm Latino from Honduras, and I want to know the, 
like what is was what was Mary's response? What was her face? What was like, you know the uh, the awkward feel in the room? Like oh no, she did not. Yes, she did it. She did it, and I love it. But I I know that's not important. The important part is the Lord answer. The Lord answer to Martha. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. And I don't know about you, but I grew up, and my mom, every time she would call my name twice, it meant I was in deep trouble. And she would say my whole, if she would say my whole name, like, Grisel Alejandra O'Connor, it meant, ooh, I was about to receive the chancla. And that is like spanking with a sandal, <laughs> which I usually would run away. And... My, my brother would get it for me. Uh, but he said, and he said, um, but one thing is necessary. Everyone say one thing. Everyone say one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen, has made the right choice. And it will not be taken away from her. And hopefully we discover what that one thing is today. But at first, we have to welcome God to rule and to reign. That's point number one. Because Martha over here, we give her a hard time because, you know, she's upset about many things and she's distracted. And I understand Martha. I can relate with Martha. We recently had this uh, strength finder Gallup test done as a staff to help uh, our team get better, to help us, you know, communicate better with each other and make thrive a safe place and so I discover all of my 34 strengths and we went like okay your top five is the ones that you perform all the time and then your top your bottom five is the ones that you really need to work on guess which my 34 which is the bottom of the bottom of the bottom one strength is Focus. Yeah. Focus. So <laughs> to say that I understand Martha because she was distracted, I, I, I am the same way. Right, squirrel? Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> um, but then, but Martha, one thing that I love about the story is that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. She welcomed him. The, the Message Bible says that she welcomed him and made him feel at home. Because there's a difference of, of being welcome and invited. You can be invited to a birthday party. You can be invited to din-din with your friends. But to be welcome, do they make you feel welcome? Do they make you feel like, oh, yeah, they, they, they want me here. They, they have fun with me. And that's what Mary made Jesus feel. She made him feel welcome. And to give you a little context about this story, I did my research and I was telling, I was probably telling my uh, group, small group leader, because he's my rabbi, my rabboni, I was telling like, I, I study. And this story is around Christmas time. So four months before Easter. And I don't I know moms in the room, you relate. At Christmas time, my house is, is messy. It's busy and it's messy and it's smelly and you add on. Like, 
it is not the perfect time to have company over. And so I love that she did. She did open her home, but she missed something. And go with me to Luke 10, verse 5 and 8, the same chapter, chapter 10, you know, 5 and 10. And it says, whatever you enter, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return back to you. Remain in this house, eating and drinking what they offer. For the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't move from house to house. When you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things said before you. And this is Jesus talking to the 72. He sent out 72 and he's talking this to him. And I know that Jesus is the type of preacher that he, pre- he teaches what he imparts on. So he's not going to be, you know, like the doctor that doesn't drink his medicine. No, he is doing what he is saying. And so he does that. I, I know he did this when he entered Mary's home. I mean, he imparted peace. And maybe it didn't land on, on Martha. It landed on Mary. So um, I also I found it interesting because this is Honduran culture. This verse is right here, our Honduran culture to me. Every time we go on a mission trip, we go evangelize to the little village in Honduras. And we go and we bring the good news. And every time we go in, they bring out their chairs. They bring out coffee for us. I mean, they bring the, the samita, which is the pond that you, bring, that you, that you put in the, in the coffee. And you, it's delicious. And every time, like, you have to, if you say no, 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 thank you, because, you know, I don't know, like, the fear starts creeping in. Oh, well, I don't know if you boil the water. Is this water from the tap? Am I going to get, you know, a stomach bug? Am I going to you know, be stranded in Honduras again? For those that have been to Honduras and got stranded with us during COVID season. Uh, but... I love this. Yeah, they do this. They do this. If you don't do that, if you don't take it, they get offended. They get like, oh, like, they're not, they're not eating. They're not drinking. And we know that that's what Jesus, Jesus didn't want to offend. Jesus came and spoke peace. And, and Martha totally missed it. She missed it because she was so distracted. Which brings me to... The next point is ask God to reveal himself to you. I want to give you this um, Hebrew word that I found out, and is, um, is the word Shekinah. And this word refers to the dwelling or the settlings of the divine presence of God. And I don't know about you, but I felt the Shekinah, the presence of the Lord during that worship set. It was awesome. And there was no place I would rather be than when he's singing over me. I love that song. I hope you get to hear it again and again and again and again. It's on repeat mode on my playlist for sure. But it just ministers to me because God wants to reveal himself to you. And um, on Thursday night going to Friday, I had a bad, bad 
sleep. I couldn't sleep. All of our kids came in to sleep with us, which they're only two and they're small, but you never sleep comfy when your kids are there. And um, I was like, okay, I didn't sleep good, but I woke up, I got them ready for Scuola, and they had a little mother celebration, so I went with them, and um, on my way, I, was, I had to go to Tyler, so on my way to Tyler, the Lord reminded me of this dream I had, and in this dream, I'm in a dark room, and it's all dark, I can only see my feet, I cannot move my head, like I am just... Like, I feel oppression, like a, like a heaviness on my, on, my, on my shoulders, on my neck. And I cannot speak. I cannot talk. I'm, I'm miserable. Like, I, if, if you know me, I need to talk. I need to speak. And, like, I'm miserable. I'm like, I cannot pray. I cannot say the name of Jesus, anything. And I feel like there's a presence, like a bad presence in that dark room. But I can only see my feet. And, um... I see a light, so my feet goes towards the light, and I can barely move, but I'm going towards the light, and then I walked in to a wide, beautiful room through a door, and it was beautiful, and it was, I, I was able to stand, I was able to speak, I was able to look around, and so I start walking into, the, into this room, and what I, what I think is the middle of the room. And all I see was it's a it's a big shadow. I see a big shadow in front of me, and all I can see is the bottom because the eyes, the my eyes are hurting because the light is so intense. And so I can only see the bottom of this big, huge wings, and they're beautiful, and they're white, and they have gold and gray, and they're silky, and I don't know how else to describe it, but they're be- it's beautiful, it's beautiful, and I hear this voice saying. Come and take refuge. Take refuge. And so I do. I stepped in and I get embraced by this beautiful, huge wings. And the feeling is amazing. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I woke up after that, but the Lord reminded me on my way to Tyler. And so I was just like, ah, crying. Like, thank you, Lord, for revealing this to me. You're so good. You're so faithful. Um, and... I do my errands around Tyler, and on my way back from Tyler, I asked the Lord, well, God, what does this dream mean? Reveal this dream to me, and nothing. So I tune into my second favorite church is Bethel in Redding, California, Pastor Bill Johnson. I don't know if you're familiar too with, with them, but uh, they have a midweek service every Wednesday night they have a midweek and then they open up with a they open up service with a Bible verse. And so I was, you know, I'm tuning into this. And so I click on it and they say, okay, let's read our Bibles. Go with me to Psalms 36 verse 7. And it says, How priceless your faithful love is God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And I just, I was undone. I was just like, oh, yes. You are 
you are that good God that we can go to and take refuge in. So he revealed himself to me in a different way. I don't know if this is theological correct, but my father has wings. And I can go to him and just be covering those. And that is my refuge. And so ask God to reveal himself to you. And I also have this interesting little story in First of Kings chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. This is about a story of Solomon. And Solomon, verse 3, loved the Lord by walking in the statues of his father David. But he also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there because it was the most famous high place. And he offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. This place, Gibeon, was outside of Jerusalem. And in in Jerusalem is where the Ark of the Covenant is located at or was. And if you know, if you've been here, well, Nathan explained to you the holiest of holies and the Ark of the Covenant and all of that. You know that, that that's where the presence of the Lord resided on, on the mercy seat, the one that looks like the wings. And that's where the presence of the Lord uh, resided in that Ark of the Covenant in the mercy seat. So whenever people would go to worship God, they would do it, you know, in the in the tabernacle, they would do it there where the presence of the Lord was. But then King Solomon went away because he followed, let's say, for my interpretation, he followed the most famous high place. He followed culture, and he totally missed that presence of God. But God, verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God asked, Ask what, and God said, ask, what should I give you? I love this because even though we, we get distracted and we go to other place and we turn our eyes off of Jesus, he makes a way to find us. He makes a way to connect with us even when we're out there doing something that we're not supposed to. He goes and meets us, and he asks, you know, ask him anything. Which leads me to point number three for all of you mamas in the room. Have faith that what needs to get done will get done. I know our, our list is unending. Laundry never ends. I told people, laundry and the love of God, it's never ending. Like it's there. You're like you're you're doing laundry all day, and you're like folding and doing the laundry from you know the the washer to the dryer, folding, and, and then it's like you have to take your clothes off and then put it in the dirty laundry, and it's like oh, it's there again. It's like every week I do this. Yeah, it's never ending. Like the Lord, like the love of God. But look at we look at let's go back to the story. Let's reel it in, reel it in. Back to the story in verse 41 it says that the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. 
the one thing is necessary. And Mary has made the right choice. And it will not be taken away from her. The, N, the NET, which is New English Translations, says one thing is needed. The TPT, which is one of my favorite, the Pastor Translation, says one thing is most important. And the Message Bible says one thing only is essential. So be open to the Spirit leadings. I would like to invite the worship up, please. Mary has made the right choice and will not be taken away from her. I just want to conclude with what that one thing was revealed to me. And that one thing is to be at the feet of Jesus. It's what, what the choice that Mary made is to be at the feet of Jesus. You know, she is, she is risking it. She is pursuing it. Mary, it's, it's outside of her role in culture. Because whenever a woman, a woman was not even supposed to be one in a, group, in, a, in a room full of men. And Miss Joy, I don't know if you can, yeah, put that, that image in there. See, I love this image because this is how it was. It was a, it was a room full of men, the disciples, and Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she's, a, she's the first woman, disciple woman. She's there. She's ready. She wants to learn. She wants more. Do you want more? She's risking it. She's pursuing him. She adores her Savior. She adores him. And she doesn't care that in that culture, in that time and day of the culture, women that were outside of her, their role, they were ought to be stoned. And I don't mean relieve stone, like stone, like being, you know, stoned to death. You can laugh at church. You can. It's allowed. And she's learning. She's leaning in. She's ready to receive an impartation from her Savior. I love that. I want to be her. I want that. And my favorite part is that God, that Jesus addresses the room and says, it's okay. It's okay for you to be here. And it will not be taken away from you. Like no thing, no one will take Jesus away from you. Once you decide this is it, there's nothing that, come, that can go in the space between, right? That song we sing, we're about to sing again. And I really want to encourage you. I am a huge worship fan. I, got, I get, uh, like, I don't care if I look silly or a, like a crazy person. I'll worship God. 
and you have one more opportunity to do that. And moms, it's okay. It's okay to choose him every morning over laundry, over dirty dishes, over dirty diapers. It's okay. Take a minute and do it. Do it. I want to invite also our prayer team to be here right now. And I, like, don't feel shame. If you need it, Mama, if you need to come and, and, and we, can, we can cry with you, we can celebrate with you. It doesn't all have to be bad news in here. Like, we can celebrate too. We can praise the Lord with you and thank you, God, because there's a lot of things that happen and they're all not bad. They're good. And we can, we can praise too here. So let's just do that. And, and let's just stand in worship one more time.